is Brian Bailey, Chief Marketing and Experience Officer with Metro Inclusive Health. You're listening to Inclusivity and Beyond, subjects that impact the health and wellness of our community. Welcome to tonight's podcast entitled HIV During COVID-19. Um, thank you for joining us on a Friday evening. Tonight, we're talking about the HIV epidemic during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, I know COVID-19 is scary, but um, we must not forget that HIV is still an issue. And particularly for um, the African-American community, we have found higher rates of new HIV diagnosis in the African-American community. So before we get into all that, let's start with introductions. My name is Quinita Oates. I am the Prevention and Sexual Health Program Manager for Metro Inclusive Health. And to help us dive a little bit deeper into this very, very important topic, um, we have two amazing people with us. Um, We have Chandra Allison, who is a community activist and the owner of The Bird Care. So welcome, Chandra. Thank you, thank you. How's everyone? Awesome. And from the Department of Health, we have Darius Lysi, Public Health Service Manager. Welcome, Darius. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for being here with us. So let's just go ahead and dive right into it, okay? According to the CDC or the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, African-Americans account for 43% of all HIV diagnoses in the United States, despite the fact that we only make up 13% of the country's population. Also to note, from 2010 to 2016, HIV diagnoses have increased Um, by 40% amongst African-American gay and bisexual men or same gender loving men um, age 25 to 34. So while this is one specific population that the um, HIV epidemic is affecting, it is important to note that there's a higher risk for multiple populations, um, especially during these times. So the key is to stay protected to get tested, to know your status, and stay up on your information. All right, so now it's time to just kind of slice this pie open. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. So, Darius, coming from a DOH standpoint, you are our on-site expert. We're going to rely on you to provide us with some um, demographic information and statistics that you may have uh, surrounding HIV and specifically in the state of Florida and in the Tampa Bay area. Okay, well, I'm going to start with just the numbers. Let's just start with the numbers for Pinellas and Hillsborough County. In Pinellas County, we have 4,900 people living with HIV. That's just in Pinellas County. In Hillsborough County, we have 7,521 people. And I'm going to go just even a little further than that. Um, Pasco County, 1,214 people. Hernando County, um, 411. Now, they've got the smallest number of cases. But just between Pinellas and Hillsborough County, you see that is where the abundance of the cases are for the Tampa Bay area. And as you stated earlier, um, as far as the African-American population, disproportionately, in terms of the numbers of people living with HIV disproportionately affected. That could be for many numbers of reasons. I'm sure we might touch on maybe some social determinants of health a little later on. Mm -hmm. But from a number standpoint, um, African-Americans are really high risk for HIV infection. So I'm glad that you touched on that because we might as well just roll right on into it. Um, What are some of the risk factors for HIV uh, transmission, specifically for African-Americans? What are some of those risk factors and what things should we take into consideration, really, really pay attention to overall? Well, I think our risk factors for And I don't want to just um, make this exclusively about the African-American population, but we just have a lot of folks out here that are just having sex and they're not using any kinds of protection. They may be having sex with someone they met on an online platform or someone that they know casually, 
and they're just they're not protecting themselves. Um, they're not asking the questions that need to be asked. Right. Um, lots of times before engaging in the act of sex, we have some folks because of socioeconomic reasons. They may have been put in situations where they're having to have survival sex. Right. Over their head, or you know, to meet those basic necessities of life. Of course, we do have some people that may use substance um, dr- uh, drugs, mm-hmm. and that, and we know people under the influence are, are, you know, a little more susceptible maybe to doing certain things with less reasoning. Uh, so there's a lot of different reasons. I, I think a, a lot of it is socioeconomics. I think a lot of it is um, a lack of knowledge. Yep. Or in some cases, a, a total lack of apathy. Mm-hmm. Um, HIV has been around for several decades now with, with the advances that have been made in, medica- in medicine and technology. HIV today looks very healthy. It doesn't look like how it looked in the 70s and the 80s. And I think a lot of that influences people's mindset. If I get it, oh, well, I'll just take a pill. Or the, you know, the new thing, PrEP, is uh, out. So they figure if they take the PrEP, they still don't have to use condoms. I mean, yes, that is a very common misconception. Yeah, or you could just go take it the um, the night of. Right. You could take your pill and then go out and have a, a threesome or orgy or whatever. Right, and that goes back to the lack of knowledge, like you were saying. Yeah. So that's a good point. That um, apathetic stance on HIV because it doesn't look like it did in the 90s or the 80s, there is um, almost a feeling of uh, invincibility, you know, or, oh, I can just do this and I'll be all right. Um, Now, granted, there are new medications out there, new, there there are more services that are uh, readily accessible for people who are living with HIV. However, maybe the steps that are taken or not taken that could prevent someone from um, contracting the virus is kind of gone out the window, right? It's funny that you mentioned the comparison between 2020 HIV and maybe 1993 HIV. I I did a podcast episode called uh, Not Your Mama's HIV right? And we spoke about that particularly and specifically um, because when you hear HIV, some people, for the most part, you don't automatically think of it as a death sentence, which is a great thing, right? Because that's that's not what it is. Um, however, I do believe that there is just a general feeling of, well, if it happens, it happens. Or it's not a thought at all, right? Um, you also brought up a number of, of other things. Um, you just, you were dropping gems. I was kind of jotting down notes and my, my wheels started turning. The online dating and the casual hooking up. Uh-huh. So we know, right, because of our professions working in public health and specifically with HIV and um, HIV education and prevention, one of the things that comes up often is, well, how do I have that conversation? If I meet, you know, a little a little shorty online or something and, you know, we're talking about hooking up, how do I bring up, you know, like, well, hey, when's the last time you got tested? tested if you know our text messages are like you know all cute and starting to get a little spicy you know (laughs) like how do you then come in and say like hey by the way um after you send me a cute pic let's talk about you know when's the last time you got tested you know for STDs and and you still have to be careful yeah I was gonna say I don't think there is a a comfortable way to even bring that up I mean you're gonna say it just like you just said it um (laughs) It doesn't happen in the beginning. It really doesn't. When you first meet somebody, you're not asking them how many sex partners you had. Da, 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 da. Those questions come later, but it should come in the beginning. But mm-hmm. we, we do it like that, you know, mm-hmm. you know the person to where you feel comfortable of talking about their sex life. Um, or even you you hear from he say, she say, you know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. So there is no... there there. There is no comfortable way to bring that up. Yes, it should be the forefront. Like when you first meet each other, y'all go on a date. Yes, you need to ask, you know, how sexually active. That's what you're dating. 
Yeah. <laughs> but see, here's the thing. Meeting somebody off a of jack or grinder mm-hmm. is not dating. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're not intended to be yeah. on a date. Right. You're meeting them for, for casual sex. Casual mm-hmm. sex. If the intent is casual sex, no strings attached. Right. And that conversation needs to happen before right. you meet the person, before before there's an expectation that there's going to be sex. That that if you know if you obviously if you're meeting on those applications, you already know what it is. Let's be yeah. real. Yeah. Let's keep it one hundred. We already know what it is. You know what I'm here for. You know that, that's not <laughs> right. that's not Christian mingle. That's not harmony. Right. You know, the name like grinder, you know what I mean? Come on, (laughs) come on, somebody. So, I mean, we got to keep it real. Uh So, maybe you should look something like this you know, like, hey, my name is Q, I'm 5'3, I had my last camera three weeks ago. (laughs) So, what's your rundown? You know, like, um, something like that. And I think, you know, you kind of hit the nail right on the head nowadays, especially with. Um, it, within the hookup culture, it's sex now. If you stick around for a while, then questions later. And a lot of times, by that time, it may be a little, you know, too late. So um, I think, just like you said, Chandra, it's something that just has to be um, implemented in the the first stages of that. Right. Meeting. But that's not, you know, growing up. That's not how you were taught. So you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's learned behavior. Yeah, it's learned behavior. So you back in the day, you know, you wasn't talking about that on your first dates. Uh, Hell, back in the day, your mom and dad probably was sitting with you on the date. You know, like when I talked to my parents, that's what they told me. Like my grandma was in the room, well, there while you know he's coming to visit my mom. That's uncomfortable. How how are you supposed to talk about you know ask your you know your partner? those questions so it's it's different so it's it's i think we should take it back to where you know it's okay to ask those questions you know talk to our kids about it's okay to ask those questions i mean your life depends on it too you know what i mean mm-hmm. so if we go in telling how important it is to ask these questions it, it, it can turn you know it might can change what are my thoughts Mm-hmm. And and just to be a little transparent, because so many of us, especially in the black community, have 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 grown up in non-traditional families. They may have been a single parent. It might have been your, it might have been your grandmother. It right. might have been your auntie. Mm-hmm. But because so many of us grew up in in what is not considered the traditional family with dad and mom in the house, right. um, and then if the black community in particular, and I think I can say this because I'm I'm a member of that community. Right. Um, particularly here in the South, we don't have, we don't like to have conversations about sex. Right. My conversation about sex growing up was don't bring no baby up. Well, right. at the time I was like, well, that's not an issue. Uh, right. <laughs> you know? So, but you didn't have no conversation with me about anything else. Right. And it, if you're not in a place or a space where you can, you can have conversations about sex, then you're left to the streets to teach you about sex. If you were touched when you were little and you never told anybody or how we do in some of our families, what happens in this house stays in this house. Right, if right. Under the rug, we don't talk about it, but right. I'm still hurting from what happened 15 years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that, that influences every choice that I make. That influences right. who I date, what I'm attracted to, what I choose to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Chandra, that reminds me of a conversation that we had during your He Said, She Said event in mm-hmm. February that I attended. And um, one of the men there, I think uh, one of the questions that was posed was something about teaching your children about sex or, or having the conversation, right? And the gentleman said he would absolutely feel comfortable, number one, having that conversation with his son, and he'll probably start having that conversation super, super early on. Uh-huh. But his daughter, he said, absolutely not. And I had to chime in. And I remember saying exactly what Darius just said, like, well, number one, if the child doesn't feel comfortable coming to you or someone, some adult that they, you know, love and trust um, to, to be able to ask those kinds of questions and to learn about these things, 
then they're going to rely on the streets and their friends. And 10 times out of 10, they're going to get the wrong information, right? That's number right. one. Exactly, exactly. Um, well, you know, we know men and their daughters, they tend to put their daughters on a pedestal, like, you know, <laughs> no no touching, none of this. So it'll be, yes, it's a different conversation you have with these sons, mm-hmm. girls, but still, the conversation is, is needed. That's such a fallacy to me, though, because... When, when when those fathers were teen boys and growing up, they were doing right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but they, that's the thing. That's part of it because they know what's out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like they don't even want to expose their daughters, but at the same time, you should because they yes. need to be ready for this. Yes. You know, they need to be ready. So I, I always say yes. Get get your information from somebody you trust because you don't want. Mm-hmm. On the block, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You, you know this, this, and that, and you just all messed up. You but, know, um, and that that same gentleman um, explained what well, when, of course, because I had to ask him why or how he landed on that mm-hmm. thought process. He said, "Well, I don't want my daughter even thinking about sex until she's forty-five. And I'm like, "Well." Wow. <laughs> While I understand your sentiment, you know, we got to deal with reality. And reality is sex is everywhere. It's everywhere. everywhere. TV, everywhere. Instagram, I mean, literally everywhere, right? So, um, it's, and getting it's exposed at a younger age now. You know absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. It's, it's one click away. It's one click away. Everybody yeah. on these devices. And it's right girls. there, right? So, like girls and boys, they be popping and locking and, and, and everything. And I'm looking all like, sit your little, you know what, down somewhere. I'm all trying to tell that. you. So, the best thing I think that um, we can do to equip our young folks is give them the knowledge. And mm-hmm. honestly, mm-hmm. when you know what's out there, mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, you're more than likely going to make better decisions not to engage in those risky behaviors because you know what's out there. Right. Can I add on to that? Also, we have to realize that our kids may not come the way we came. They may not be exactly like us. You might want to be with daddy, but she might want to be with her. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Or he may want to be with him. Mm -hmm. And we as as parents and authority figures in, in, in our children's lives if we don't provide, if we even if we don't agree, right? If we don't provide an environment where they feel like they can talk to you, mm-hmm. they're not going to talk to you, and they're and you're not going to know anything that's going on. Mm-hmm. 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 That's what I was saying. If like, they don't talk to you, they're talking to somebody else. Yeah, that's true. Like I say, times are different, and you have to roll with times. And even when it's you know schooling your kids on uh, sex and things like that. Cause, uh, like I said, that's my biggest fear. Somebody else, you know, schooling my child and, and then, you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so we have the education and the knowledge part down. The second piece to that is protecting yourself, right? Um, no matter what age group you fall into, no matter what your sexual preference is, um, no matter what your race and ethnicity is, protection mm-hmm helps everybody, right? So um, one of the first pieces of protection, of course, is knowing your status. So um, getting tested regularly, um, and that's a full panel, getting tested from the rooter to the tutum, okay, for (laughs) HIV and all STDs. Um, And HIV testing looks a lot different now than it did, you know, years and years ago. So, um, and again, that's one of the services, one of the main services, of course, that Metro provides, particularly my department, Prevention and Sexual Health, um, we provide testing in office and in community, Um, but we do um, rapid testing. So HIV testing can be done three ways. Right. One is done by finger prick. Um, we now have the INSTI test, which, you know, you kind of give your information to the certified tester during the pre-testing um, counseling session, the small little finger prick, and your results are ready within one minute. 
Um, whereas back in the day, I think when you may have to, was it two weeks? You had to wait a week or two for your results way, way back when. Oh, yeah. You messed up your whole life. Yeah, a couple right. <laughs> so now we're talking 60 seconds, y'all. One finger prick, 50 seconds. You can literally go in on your lunch break, get your test, and go on, you know, about the rest of your day and know your status. Um, we also have HIV testing by mouth swab. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have testing done by blood draw, of course. Um, so those are the three um, options. Uh, that are are there, but overall, just knowing that number one, the serve the testing services are free. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get them done in office or in community when outside opens back up, of course. Um, but right now, again, we're still off- offering those testing services in office by appointment. Mm-hmm. I'll provide some more of that information later. So that's step one, knowing your status. Step two would be using protective uh, barriers, condoms, dental dams, things like that. Um, which also goes into that conversation piece that you have to have with your partner because sometimes, especially in that hookup culture, um, you know, you might be at a bar or a club or something, you see somebody, you know, a little cute little thing, you know, and you decide, okay, well, after the club, we're going to hook up. Sometimes, you know, when the drinks are flowing, you kind of let your guard down, you're not really in your right mind. Um, Don't have that conversation about, hey, we should use protection. Are you on prep? You know, when, again, when's the last time you were tested? Do you know your, that whole thing, right? Right, right. So condoms is the surefire way just to make sure that you're protecting yourself and your partner. And then prep um, also plays a huge role in the um, prevention of the spread of HIV. And for those who don't know what PrEP stands for, it's pre-exposure prophylaxis. So you all may have seen the commercials for Truvada and um, Discovy. <laughs> um, so those are our two methods that can be used as well. But again, a lot of times we have barriers or we see barriers when it comes to engaging in sex and using um, protection. So... Mm-hmm. I don't know. What are you all's thoughts on that? What are what well, are some? Well, some I know things? you know. Just like you just your example. You know, you're in the club. You hot and heavy. You're not really even thinking about that. But it's it's just sense that you 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 need to because <laughs> because the numbers. So it's like you just have to be aware at all times. Um, and the only thing we can do is continue to give you information give you statistics um, and then on the hopes that you are aware in those, in those hot and heavy times or it, 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 you know, it dawns on you like, Oh, you know, I need to, you know, protect myself. Hopefully that's why we just continue information. Like uh, somebody was telling me, if you tell somebody something or say it 10 times, you remember. So it's just a a consistent um, information knowledge, you know, on the disease and things like that. I mean, that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what it boils down to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you can't force a person to do this or do that. You only can educate them. That's true. In the hopes that, you know, they're... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go a little different because I feel like when you're talking about negotiating during sex, I don't feel like... I feel like there are a lot of people out there that don't use condoms. So there's yeah. not, not a whole lot of negotiating going on, I don't think. Huh? Okay. Um, I'm not going to say this is true for everybody, but I know many people when they engage in oral sex, for example, don't right. use condoms. That's when true. They, when they down the middle that you're supposed to I use. Call it. Okay. Uh, or when they back there in the nether regions. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, you know they, they doing things with their mouth and their tongue and everything else, and they ain't, they ain't using no protection. Right. And, so, you know, here's the thing, and I think I think some of it really does depend on where you come from and your culture. Right. Because dental damn, I'm like, huh? Let me be honest with you, because I'm what? what? <laughs> right. But then, then if you say that, then, okay, you try to say something wrong with my stuff. Right. Yes. You try to say something wrong with my kid. And, and you know... And in your mind, ain't nothing wrong with my kitty. I know several people that want this. Right, kind of like a <laughs> parchment paper situation. I'm like, what is this parchment paper? <laughs> you trying to tell me? Is this something you want to tell me? 
So now you don't kill the whole mood, and I'm over it now. Right. I'm, I'm over it now, you know? Turn the lights back on. Turn the music off. It's time to go. The mood is over. And seen. Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Um, Yes. So... <laughs> That's true. We do. I mean, there are a lot of people who would just rather not use condoms because they don't like the way it feels or, you know, I don't want to bring it up. I don't want to kill the mood. What is dental damage? What are you talking about? Are you trying to say something's wrong with me? All of those things. Are they allergic to condoms? Yes. You or, have- or they're too small. Right. I hear. Listen. Yes. Them, they don't Stop. fit me. <laughs> As a part of one of our um, our, our educational uh, interventions that we do out in community, we also do a condom demonstration on a you know a little prop or whatever. For that reason, oh, it doesn't fit. We have to then go in and educate that there are a number of different types of condoms. So for those who actually, because you know we do have people who have um, allergies to latex. Mm-hmm. So we have latex-free condoms. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, some people who are a little heavier down, mm-hmm. you know, and need a little bit more room. Um, so we have XLs, you know. You got so heavy on me. That was a little girl's moment. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you have options. That's you the have thing. options, you have options, right? You know. We even have, and you know what? I just learned this working at Metro, but there are also condoms for those who need, we'll say, a tighter fit. Okay. Um, if like a standard, let's say, Trojan or, or um, one of the, the one condoms don't necessarily fit, um, they there are kind of, there are condoms for everyone, y'all. I actually I was gonna say there's different sizes. Yes, you know, so they have condoms mm-hmm. for oral sex. They have y'all. I just learned this too. Finger condoms. Did y'all know that was a, such a thing? Mm-hmm. Listen. Well, so, I mean, I thought they were just used to turn the pages, but I guess they done. Stuck a little lube on it and boom, there you go. Listen, there is no excuse, no reason. There is a condom out for every person, every, we have internal, like literally there is a condom for everybody, right? Here's my question to you. Are those condoms accessible to everybody and to our most vulnerable Mm. or high risk Mm -hmm. populations? Mm -hmm. Because as I drive around my community, I don't see nowhere that they can get a condom. No, late night, or you know, if you don't have any money to buy, yeah, you kind of out of gas. That's very true. And then they very true, unprotected. You know, so you're right. There is, there's, this is true. And if I don't have the money to go buy one, or barbershop ain't open, and I can't go in there and get one. Or right. I can't go to the health department if I can't go to Metro. Mm-hmm. I might not go to Metro because I don't want nobody seeing me going to Metro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or it's like the health department. Nobody, you know, you don't yeah. want to be seen coming out of there. Then I don't even want to be seen there half the time. <laughs> so, so if all of those are closed, you're out of gas. So it's you're like out of gas. Supposed to Here's be no love, thing. no love, but that no that love, no thing. love. That's that's, that's rule number one. <laughs> rule number two is. Um, and that's a really good point because a lot of those things are either not easily accessible or mm-hmm. they're not always affordable, right? right. Um, so in that case, you would seek out a program or agency or a local business that provides free condoms. A lot of places do provide condoms, but not everyone knows where to go? Like who all who who would just know off the top of their head? Actually, the barbershop around the corner, unless I know you know my barber is there or you know whatever. I right, frequent right. that barbershop all the time. Right, um, right. How would I know that the barbershop around the corner actually gives out free condoms? Right? Or do I feel comfortable enough to even ask? Right. Even if you don't, because not everybody is you know all that shy. You know what I mean? But I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's important to know what's out there as far as resources, but also have 
a network of people that you do feel comfortable talking mm-hmm. to and asking those questions um, with. Because let's say I'm, I just moved into a new apartment. I don't know what's around me. But I have friends, you know, from Tampa. They know the area. I feel comfortable going to them and asking, hey, where can, you know, I go to get some condoms or, you know, I'm on my last few dollars. I just paid my rent, but that's not going to stop me from getting it on. So where do I go? You know what I mean? It's always good to just know what's out there or at least know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that knows I, I was going to say, well, that's when your friends come into play because somebody, somebody got a bad. Somebody knows something. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, if you got if you got friends that's that's um being safe and practicing safe sex, but if you but if you hanging around a bunch of folks and ain't everybody raw dogging and ain't nobody asking for no condoms or asking mm. no questions, you know, sometimes birds of a feather do flock together. Mm-hmm. Lord, it's just living wild. This is James Keene, director of development at Metro Inclusive Health. You're listening to one of the many ways that support from our donors and sponsors help enable us with the ability to deliver important programming and information to our community. Help us, if you can, keep our programming live. You could buy this spot and share your message with our community. So we actually do have, um, we have a few locations that have put up um, condom dispensers Uh in their bathrooms. Oh, I don't want to call out the wrong venues, but I would say I think we have at least three or four nightclubs, two in St. Pete, two in Tampa, and they're free. Like, you literally just go in the bathroom, walk up to the little wall with the dispenser. Uh It's not like you got to put a quarter in like you do the gumball machine. Like, you literally just walk up to it turn the dial and we right. need them everywhere or, or like you have them at like the atms you know that's, that's you know uh-huh. that's how it needs to be you know where it's 24 7 you could just walk up and get it you don't have to go in the club or the bathroom they that's a good point you might be broke but you could still be golden Right. <laughs> well, you might be broke, but you can stay protected. You know. I like so that. Crazy. I like you can still that. be golden. You crazy? <laughs> you can still be protected. I yeah. love. Yeah, that. you might. Dude, that's the I need to hold the copyright. That right. You have to coin that. Right, right. I mean, yeah, I mean, seriously, they could be set up like that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm mean? saying? So, you know, that's taking care of, you know, the homeless. Yeah. I think it's a good idea. That's a good point. And you know what? In the, the time that we're in right now, um, there are a lot of people who are out of work. There mm-hmm. are a lot of people who can barely afford to buy groceries or, right. or they don't know where their next meal is going to come from, right. let alone you know, how am I going to afford a $15 box of condoms from, you know what I mean? So that's a really, really good point. The anxiety of all of, you know, COVID-19, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Thinking straight, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Full of uh, grieving, like I say, grieving, not from a Mm -hmm. loss of a person, but loss of routine, you know what I'm saying? And it was a quick change. So to have that on top of, your HIV status, that's a lot. It is. That's a and lot. If, and if you in the house, you've you been in the house and you ain't got nothing to do. Yes. Out of minds. Right. Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Since you brought that up, that is a good segue into this article, y'all. I was scrolling mm-hmm. last night before bed, which is bad, I know, but Mm-hmm. I'm scrolling and I come past an article that said they found the coronavirus in the semen of um, a group of a handful of uh, COVID survivors over in China. So I think there were 38 men in total who have now, you know, recovered from COVID, mm-hmm. but the virus was still found in their semen. It's mind-boggling because now, you know, we have 
kind of gotten a handle on how to protect yourself from catching it by right. wearing your personal protective gear, by wearing you know face masks, washing your hands, and social distancing. Right. Don't get the Right. So now we have to consider whether or not COVID can be transmitted sexually on top right. of everything, everything else. else. That was, I mean, that just blew my Talk about mind. Stressful. Listen, <laughs> if COVID could possibly, again, we don't, they didn't, the article didn't say, and this was on, um, I read it on CNN, I read it on, because I have to check, you know, my sources. I can't just get it from one source. Now, if more than one source is talking about it, and these are credible sources, mm-hmm. then I repeat it. So I checked CNN, CSNBC, and there was another one, maybe in MS, whatever. Yeah. One of the BCs, right? Um, <laughs> and they were, they couldn't confirm that it could be transmitted sexually. However, they did confirm the presence of the virus in these men's semen. So if you put the two together, you know, one can only come to the conclusion that there is a very large possibility that COVID-19 could possibly um, be spread sexually. So until further notice, right, until we know the definite on that, if you didn't have a reason to use condoms before, if the other sexually transmitted diseases and hepatitis C and HIV didn't give you enough reason to use condoms before. Now knowing that the COVID uh, nineteen virus could potentially be potentially be spread sexually, um, now you definitely have. Well, reason. I'm gonna say this. I'm like, well, I know everybody because everybody's all gloved up, masked up because of COVID. But Hank, HIV has been around. Yes. I mean, you could take that full force the same. You know what I mean? You should. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm guessing this, since they found it in semen, people be more, you know, want to use condoms and stuff. We hope. <laughs> and and just to take it seriously, I'm really hoping and praying that we are taking our health in general seriously, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and keeping in mind that this pandemic, I mean, it's new to everyone. No one really knows how to maneuver and exist in this this new way of life that we are now having to adapt to, right? Right, So it's new for everyone. But what we can uh, apply in our newness is some of the same practices that we had before. Right. So, you know, keeping in mind that an idle mind, well, how does the saying go? I don't mind is a devil's playground. So yeah. keep yourself busy, keep yourself safe, keep yourself protected, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we spoke about knowledge and education. We spoke about conversation and negotiation. We also spoke about how to protect oneself um, from HIV and COVID-19. Um, now let's talk about maybe some of the services that are um available um just in community in general right so we have um something called teleprep yeah i was gonna say you have teleprep yes we have teleprep Mm -hmm. so um i know we mentioned before a lot of times especially with maybe getting tested and knowing your status and uh, maybe going into a metro or department of health for free condoms Sometimes that itself can pose a barrier. Maybe Mm -hmm. you don't want to be seen coming out of the Department of Health or you don't want to be seen coming in and out of a metro location or, you know, any kind of healthcare um, facility. So Mm -hmm. one of the things that can help alleviate that particular barrier is telehealth. So um, in short, it's just, providing our clients and our patients with access to our healthcare professionals um, through virtual platforms, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that would take away that barrier of not wanting to be seen coming in and out of a metro location, like I said. Right, right. Something like that. 
Um, it is absolutely confidential. So even if, you know, because we are all in close quarters, <clears throat> we're all home with our families or, you know, what have you, whatever your situation may be, you may not necessarily want, you know, anyone all in your business and knowing what's going on. Right. You can easily take your iPad, your phone, somewhere private and have your telehealth appointment with the mm -hmm. provider uh, through that platform. So that barrier has um, now been eliminated. Right. Um, at Metro, we provide <clears throat> our telehealth services for primary care, for our behavioral health counseling, um, for our prep um, services, and also for our um, HRT, our hormone replacement uh, therapy uh, services as well. So, mm -hmm. um, and again, with also with social distancing, the mm -hmm. telehealth option, um, again, eliminates that barrier of having to have that one-on-one -on -one contact or having to go into, you know, a medical office or something like that. So I definitely wanted to include <clears throat> that little piece of information so everyone knows that those services are available. Right. Um, right. And I, I think that's wonderful, um, you know, you being, you know, all over the phone or mm -hmm. a, a text feature. I think they will be more honest that way, to be honest with you, because it's something about not being seen because you can't be picked out of a lineup. Oh, that was <laughs> her saying this. That, that girl is raunchy. He just, wow, you know, you will be able to kind of barrel because you know, you're not being seen, you know. Um, so I, I think that's that's wonderful. And I'm yeah. just wondering, do you guys get a lot of people calling and uh, or texting through that? Um, a, a good so number. our telehealth, uh, here's a funny thing. So the telehealth um, initiative had been in the works with Metro for a while. And um, with, especially with the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, it just kind of fell on, on top of everyone. So um, we got a nice little jump start into our telehealth program. And we've seen a large, large response from our community and our um, our clients, so we have had quite a bit of uh, interactions through our telehealth uh, portals. It's been it's just been amazing, um, especially because too we have our mail meds uh, program attached to it. So not only do you have the option to see, be seen by your healthcare uh, provider, um, you can also have your medication mailed to your home. Or um, deliver, of course, by with uh, no contact, that no contact delivery. Um, so we have seen a great um, uptick in, in uh, those services. Absolutely. So wonderful, wonderful. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, what would you all say? What are some other things that the community can do to better protect themselves? and others, um, just in general. Yeah, I, mean, I always said education, um, the uh, the messages that's going out con um, consistently. That's what that's what I would say. I, mm -hmm. I love doing the outreach, even though, you know, we can't do that right now. Um, Facebook, the social media platforms, just continuous messaging going out. Um, and, and the real statistics, giving them the real, um, uh, or even posing questions, you know, into the family. Like, like I, I would say things like that would make you say, hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, or, or conversation starters in the, you know, that's getting handout or what they see on uh, Facebook. Like I say, conversation starters and just continuing messaging and information about this disease, how you can go get tested, where you can go get tested, prevention. All of that is helpful. Absolutely. I think definitely more community conversations. Mm -hmm. and it may, it, you may not be able to start with HIV. You might have to start with some other issues and, and right. gradually get to that place. Mm -hmm. We've got to normalize um, the conversation. The conversation and we can help people to understand that HIV is a medical condition just like diabetes, mm -hmm. hypertension, GERD. It's anything that is considered terminal that has the potential to kill you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we have to start, we have to normalize the conversation 
and get them to realize, yes, it's something that can kill you, but it doesn't have to. Right. And, and then we can. We also need to go into some of our inst- certain institutions of our community that don't like to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. Okay, church. Yeah. I am an advocate of church, mm-hmm. but the church historically does not like to talk about these kind of things because yeah. it's uncomfortable. And you're afraid you're going to, you know, some churches are afraid they're going to um, offend mm-hmm. their parishioners. And, and that might, you know, that might affect your bottom line, mm-hmm. whether they give that tithe and offering. Mm-hmm. Or, it might, or it's uncomfortable for that for that pastor or that leader uh, because they might have people in their con- in their congregation that live a life differently than they do, and they don't know how to address it. Many different things, but and not just church. But I I, I like to bring up church because church is is That's a big one. That's a big the backbone, the backbone yes. particularly of the African American community. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a church on every corner, practically of the African American community. Right. And but yet. The African American community is disproportionately affected, right, by this by this disease. But we got a church on every corner, so that mm-hmm. makes me ask the question: What are the churches doing? Mm-hmm. This is true. And what are the opportunities of uh, growth there? And I think you guys are right. I think the very first step is talking about it. Right. If it if it's continuously swept under the rug, then that's where it's going to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the conversational piece, because we know that you know the rates are are going up, so um, the conversation and the action has to match what's happening out in the world, right? So we can't ignore it. Um, and it's it's crazy because I'm thinking the same thing about I want to say the same thing about COVID. Um, we can't because we want it to go away and we want to get back to our, our, our sense of normalcy, you know, as quickly mm-hmm. as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't pretend like it's not here and right. we can't pretend like we can't be affected by it. Um, because we know otherwise and it'll show us otherwise. So I think with that, COVID-19 and HIV are um, very similar um, right. when it when it comes to that and the importance of our attention to it, um, our conversations around it, and our the actions that we take um, in order to protect ourselves and the ones around us. So I think... Um, those are some very, very, very good points. Um, this was a good chat, y'all. <laughs> I feel good. Well, we're very passionate. Right. <laughs> we are, for real. We as are. we should be. And I think more people should be passionate as well. And honestly, I think if more people knew what we knew about HIV um, specifically, um, in, in, in just our work and how much we, we try to educate and try to talk about it. And, you know, we try to get into those hard to reach areas, you know, in our, our towns, mm-hmm. um, and really try to start those conversations in those places where the conversations typically don't happen, Darius. I know you said like the church, like Lord knows, how hard we work continuously to really, really get into our faith-based communities and um, just let it be known that it's okay to talk about it. Mm -hmm. It's okay to talk about it. Um, And again, the more you know, the less likely you are to, the more, let me just say this, the more likely you are to take more steps to protect yourself. (laughs) Right. You take the right steps to protect. Yeah. My, my mama used to say growing up, if I have told you how to do something and you go out and do opposite of what I have taught you, mm-hmm. then you deserve what you deserve because I taught you. Uh-huh. I told you. You know, you know. <laughs> and you know, I was equipped because she told me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you yeah. know better, you do better. Isn't you know that better, the saying? You, you think better and you do better. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, that's a great point, y'all. And um, I just want to remind everyone again of the services that are available, y'all. There are resources out there. Um, reach out. Just reach out. Um, if you are interested in free HIV testing or any of the other services that I mentioned um, through Metro, you can always give us a call um, at our main line. That number is area code 727-321-3854. Um, Darius, do you want to provide any information? Do you all want to provide any information for maybe the Bird Cares or DOH and how, um, if anyone wants to get in contact with you or or to get more information, uh, if you all want to share your information? Well, I was going to say you could check out the Facebook page of the Bird mm -hmm. Cares. Uh, you'll get uh, information on testing sites, um, information on HIV and AIDS in general. Um, Bird Cares uh, Facebook, the Bird Cares uh, Instagram, um, if you want to email, um, Bird Cares at Gmail, and also birdcares.com. You can go there and check things out. Thank you. Um, I will say for me, if anybody wants to get a hold of me, they are always welcome to email me at um, Darius.lightsey at, at flhealth.gov. Um, I would I would love to promote the department website, but just to just keep it real, ain't nobody going to the Florida Department of Health website really <laughs> to look at nothing. So um, keep it a book. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna keep, I'm keeping it 100. So um, that's why we rely so much on our partners that we work with, like Metro, like the Bird Cares, mm -hmm. that help us get a direct pipeline mm -hmm. to the people. Mm -hmm. Because the people that we, yeah, we need to be reaching and targeting, they're not coming to the Department of Health website. Right, right. Okay. And also check out the uh, the Prep It Up on uh, Facebook, too, to uh, get information about PrEP. But if I can, really quickly, I do want to talk about the ending the HIV epidemic. Oh, right. please, yes. Um, Come on. So some of you all may know, some of you may not know. Um, last year, um, the federal government proposed an initiative to end HIV in America. They identified 49 jurisdictions across the country that had a substantial burden of HIV in its communities. In Florida, we have seven jurisdictions, um, two of which are Hillsborough and Pinellas County. Mm -hmm. So what was proposed was that each county or jurisdiction come up with a plan for their county on how we were going to address the HIV issue. How are we going to reduce new cases of infection? What, what resources do we have? Do we know what resources we have? What are the challenges that, that our communities face? Okay, we identified here in Pinellas County, we identified five high-risk zip codes. We looked at the cases that we get. Where do they live? Mm -hmm. And we found big clusters of people that lived in certain zip codes, like uh, 33701. 33705, I live in that zip code. Yep, 33711, 33712, 33713. And I could keep going. Okay, so we, as a part of this effort, we we came up with um, the Ending the HIV Epidemic Planning Council. That is a, this is a community initiative, not to help, not just the health department, not just Metro or the Bird Cares, but the entire community coming together to identify what the issues are for our community and what, what recommendations does the community have? What does the community want to see? Um, we had our first meeting actually at Metro in December of last year. We had our second meeting today. Uh, it was a virtual meeting on Zoom. Um, we had almost 100 people on that Zoom this morning. Mm -hmm. And um, we, did, we had talked about a lot of different things. We talked about the social determinants of health. We did um, an analysis by zip code not only looking at people living with HIV, but looking at what other um, health disparities are right. they dealing with? What are the socioeconomic um, issues of these, of these communities? We talked about, for example, housing in Pinellas County. Housing is a huge issue mm -hmm. in Pinellas County. It's huge for, for those of us who, who earn moderate incomes. So imagine someone who, who, who may not have a lot of income and and their, and their income, their, just to pay their rent, it might take up sixty percent or more of their income. Right, right. That's a huge issue. 
that that affects everything you do. You might be out there having survival sex. Right. Just try to make up for the, the you unable to buy condoms. You can't buy condoms because you got to pay your rent. <laughs> right. You know, so it's, we, we talked about that. We talked about, of course, the, the socioeconomic impact of, of those communities. We talked about um, the fact that how hard it is for some people to get to the doctor. They may want to go, but they can't get there. Transportation mm -hmm. is the issue. You know, thank goodness that we have organizations like Metro that go that that go above and beyond to try to get people to their appointments and things like that. Um, but we, we talked about a lot of different things, and and we are we have two more meetings um, with the intent to have a final plan for the community's consideration in August. Um, we're working with our with our state health office, um, which is compiling a statewide unified plan. That has been submitted. That has been submitted to the uh, federal government. We've had several draft versions that have already been sent up. We've gotten some TAs, some feedback. Um, we've even had visits from um, the um, Health and Human Services, um, and they actually came here and met with us. And they came to Metro, and Metro did a, a fabulous presentation for them and showed them their facilities and stuff. And so um, they learned a lot about what we're doing in Pinellas County. And they were actually on that call today. But I, I, I say all that to say that I think we're on the cusp of doing something that is really different. We didn't want a normal process and we just dot the I's and cross the T's and we have the same people at the table that are always at the table. But I think in this process, we're drawing non-traditional stakeholders. We're, we're bringing people to the table that are normally not there. And when the funding comes down, my hope and my intent is that it doesn't it doesn't just go to the same old people. Right. That it goes to the small community-based organization that might only have five, maybe ten employees, yeah, but they want to do something in this realm. And yeah, so that, that's yeah, grass, a real grassroots effort in the community. Is, in the community that is expanding our our um our care delivery system. It's creating more access points. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about what we're doing. We certainly couldn't do it alone. Uh, so we appreciate all our partners like the Bird Cares and, and, and Metro and all of our other partners who are, you know, who get in there and 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 anything that we need, they 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 do their best. They go above and beyond to support right. it. Right. Um, thank you so much for sharing that, Darius. I was, um, I did attend the that Zoom meeting earlier today. There were quite a few people. Um, who participated. Yeah, Chandra, you were on there too, weren't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we all were. Um, it, it was very informative. Um, Especially the historical I, perspective. Say it again? The historical perspective that we got. I was just thinking that. That was the piece that it really stood out to me because um, not being from the Tampa Bay area, um, I, I, mean, I history lesson. history, but right, yeah. I didn't know I mm -hmm. the history in Pinellas County specifically, and um, that that piece really, really stood out for me. And I think it is very important to be able to tie those pieces together and to know what has transpired um, the years before and how that landed us where we are now, or right. more so, how that plays a part in in our now. Um, so I, that part was very uh, interesting and very refreshing. I'm absolutely looking forward to the next meeting. What's the date for that next meeting, Darius? Oh, Lord, don't give me the line. It's going to be... I think it will. I wrote it down somewhere. Well, there's going to be a meeting next month that's going to be geared more so towards youth because mm -hmm. in this process, youth are so important. It is. It the is. youth are who are our fastest growing population of new cases of infection. And that's when we were talking about that learned behavior, you know, mm -hmm. starts at a young age. So. And I think we're going to have another meeting after that. And that was going to be more geared towards the community. Okay. Get more feedback. Mm -hmm. and, and also anybody that is interested in being a part of this process, and I'm talking about the money piece, mm -hmm. we've got to have some more in-depth conversations. We've got to talk about cultural competence. Does, mm -hmm. does your organization, and do the people that work in your organization understand the communities that they're serving. Right. Hmm. They understand cultural competency. Right. And it's, some, it's something about a person approaching me about, you know, that looks like me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'll be bored to talk to them, you know. So that is a big thing as well. Mm -hmm. 
you know, are are you able when if I'm if I'm sitting at the front desk and somebody walks in who may who may be of another culture or another nationality or ethnicity, mm-hmm. am, am I able to still be culturally appropriate, even if I don't identify with them, even if I, you know, even if I don't understand them per se, can I still provide them extra uh, um, um, stellar customer service, mm-hmm. make them feel welcome, don't make them feel um, anything, of, anything other, other than, than. Right. Yeah. And, and that also goes to, you know, someone of a different socioeconomic status, you know, can yes. you um, relate now I was gonna say, can you relate to anyone? Them? Yeah, who walks in the door and and really um, see them, the person, and not the boxes, you know, um, that they may that. check off. Absolutely, I think that uh, Darius, that you you just that was spot on. I think it's it's very important, um, especially talking about. Um, HIV and the epidemic and really getting out there to those communities that we really need to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we have to be able to get in there and they we have to be able to get those uh, populations and those groups to, to, we have to earn trust and it has to be genuine, right? And the only way to do that is to have that compassion, that understanding, hey, um, I, I'm here to help in whatever way I can. So you right. let me know Just, what it is I can do for you and mm-hmm. let's make it happen. You know what I mean? You tell me what your needs are. I'll let you know how we can help you meet those needs. And if we can't help you meet those needs, I know somebody who can. Let me, let me, you know, bring them into the fold. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's all very, very important. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking forward to uh, Metro's work um, within the epidemic and I'm, I'm really excited. Chandra, what are some of the things that you all have going on with the bird cares? Um, I know you said, um, I know the outreach thing, we can't, we, we're not out in community as much, you know, but right, right now it's more of social media. That is mm-hmm. a popular platform. Uh, I love the zoom meetings and mm-hmm. things like that. That's a way of reaching out, but it's, it's, it's more of a social media platforms and continued messaging um, or prevention and things like that. So that's that's what we're, we're doing now until we can go out and about yep. this is how it is for now. So same we just have here. to kind of roll with the punches. Same here, same <laughs> here. So. However we can <laughs> and, and you know, don't stop with the, the information that needs to go out. So mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. just my, my post boost is on 10. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> Consistently, because it's like I I'm a I'm a person that loves to be around people. You know, Same I thrive vibes and moods and things like that. So it's it's been crazy for me. Um mm-hmm. but, you know you learn to adjust. I guess they roll with the punches and continue doing the work that we're doing. And I'm, I'm excited uh, to work with Metro, excited to work with DOH. I'm glad you guys provide information because I'm, I'm not an expert. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yes, that uh, information is, 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 is great that you guys give so I can give it to the community. But you are an expert. And just continue. <laughs> thank, you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> information and I and I appreciate you guys for being, you know, my my, my, my on my side of helping me get it to the community. Absolutely, mm-hmm. collaboration is key. And I just want to thank all of the uh, community organizations that's mm-hmm. out there who's been helping through this uh, COVID nineteen situation. Uh, see that uh, one community youth farm. Uh, at Waters, Amina's Catering, you know, feeding the community every day. And, and, and that's just wonderful. I mean, it's showing that, you know, community coming together and, and, and helping each other out. Um, and also the COVID-19 has, has also made you sit down and think about yourself too. You know what I'm saying? And you're spending more time yeah. with your family, you know. So it's, 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 a, it's a good and bad thing. It, you know what I'm saying? It's almost like a, almost like a much needed situation for you to sit down somewhere and Slow take a look at your life. Yep. <laughs> All you have is time. <laughs> that is definitely the silver lining, you know, more right. time for self-care, whatever that may look like, whether it's reading right, a book right, you've been wanting right. to read or 
literally just slowing down a little bit. You know, exactly. Um, exactly. more time with your loved ones, you maybe reaching out to folks you ain't spoken to, you know, in a, in a long time. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, I see so many people just out for walks now. Right. Exactly. Like simple things, just going yes. out for a walk. Getting some fresh air. Appreciate the simple things. <laughs> if you be down for a change of scenery, you'd be tired of being out. Yes, you right. get tired of looking at your couch. You get tired right. of like, there's only so much Look. Netflix you can watch. You know, exactly. so. I, I, I stay in my backyard now, and I never really like paid attention to it. But yeah. now I'm like, this is like a little safe haven back here. Yes, it up everything. I got a garden going. You know, oh, I never good. had time to do all that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's wonderful. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. And I just encourage everyone, I'm telling this to myself too, um, just find those things that bring you even the smallest bit of joy, um, things that keep you active and healthy. Um, and, you know, we'll we'll get through this. So y'all stay healthy, stay strong, stay safe. It's been fun. Yeah, this is wonderful. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all right, y'all. Well, I'm going to close it out. Thank you um, all for watching. And um, we shared the information for our social media pages. Y'all check it out. Check out the Bird Cares. Check out the Metro website. Have a good evening. All right. Good evening. All right. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. listening to inclusivity and beyond with metro inclusive health subjects that impact the health and wellness of our community want to hear us cover a subject in the future email us at lgbtq at metrotampabay.org for sponsorship information contact james k at metrotampabay.org